Good morning and welcome to our morning podcast. Um, this is Dolly. Um, we are looking at Ephesians 3, 17 and 18. Um, we're going to do some more of that next week. We're going to add to this, but um, this is our scripture for the week that we're memorizing. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Okay, so you are already rooted and grounded in love, okay? That Christ dwells in your heart. Isn't that already happened? That you, by faith, are rooted and grounded in love, okay? Now, your faith needs to grow. Everybody's given a measure of faith, right? You were given a measure of faith. If you didn't have a measure of faith given to you by God, you could not have been born again because the enemy would have not even allowed you to muster up that much. But God said no, and he gave you a measure of faith, okay? So you had enough faith to get born again when you heard truth, when you heard gospel. It resonated with you. You were like, hang on a minute. This is, this is who I am. You know, it's like somebody that discovers for the first time, you know, something important about their family heritage or something all of a sudden you're like whoa this makes sense you know because this is this you know my husband he was in construction but he was never a carpenter and um one day it dawned on me that his grandfather was a cabinet maker him and his brothers all of them love to build stuff with wood they're so good at it and they, they make all kinds of things. They just love it. That's their hobby. You know, they work all day long, and then they go out in their wood shops, and they build things. That's their hobby. And none of them are wood. They, none of them work with wood. But then I thought, you know what? Their name is Barker. You know how they gave you last names? It was like, you know, this is Sam the baker, or this is, you know, Mike the goldsmith. Or the, you know what I'm saying? And that's how we got last names because of the titles that they were given to people. So Kelly Barker, I thought, oh my God, he worked with Woods. It's it's his family. It's genetically in, in them. They've been woodworkers for no telling how long. But because one generation got a little burned, the enemy really messed with them. And then he, he jumped ship and went and did something completely different. And then when he had all his kids... They went on that pathway. You know what I'm saying? A whole generation can miss their true calling and the thing that would make them happier than anything else because some generation jumped ship and went and did something that wasn't the right thing to do. But, you know, you can find your way back there. So by the grace of God, you know, he's here. He gets, he gets several hours a week. He goes over there and he builds things and he enjoys that. He has always enjoyed that. Everywhere we've ever lived, he takes over the garage or some, some part of it and builds him a place to make things. He just loves it. That is true to his nature. It is true to who he was created to be. And when you go, aha, like when you got born again, you're like, oh my gosh, I belong in that. I belong. That is my family. That is my roots. That is where I'm going to thrive, and you get born again. You see it, and it's something so deep and in you, you don't even recognize it with your mind that that's what's happening. You just, it's a condition of the spirit of who you are on the inside. 
And as you as you get born again, and then you get baptized, and then you're going to church, and then you get the Holy Ghost, and then all these things start working for you. Your faith just starts growing. You're hearing the word. You're hearing the word. You're learning things. You're growing. You don't realize right now, I know for a fact, you young people do not have a clue how much biblical knowledge you have compared to the average person. You just have no idea. I remember one time hearing a poll where they polled all these senior pastors and asked them very simple things. They asked them, you know, how many gospels are there? What are the Ten Commandments? What are the first five books of the Bible called? I'm telling you, people that were pastoring churches could not answer these questions. And, and not only that's just basic Bible knowledge of like the nuts and bolts. We're not even talking about delving in and seeing what the Word of God says. How does that apply to my life? How can I partake in that? How can I, how can I benefit from knowing that I'm forgiven? How can, you know, that I am accepted, that I was chosen before I was ever even my mother's womb? You know, I might have showed up as a total accident. I might have showed up as a total surprise. I might have showed up and every, every adult in my world was shocked. They were not expecting me. They, I was not this wanted child that everybody prepared and prepared for because they were just wanting to have a baby so bad. That's not my story. I got here and they said my mother cried the whole time she was pregnant. She was overwhelmed. She didn't need another baby. So that's how I came into the world. And so you come into the world and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. The odds that I would be born, statistically speaking from a scientific opinion, the odds that you were born are 400 trillion to one. That's how rare it is for somebody to get born. Out of all the seed, out of all the stuff that goes on in the world, the chances that it will produce a child is 400 trillion to one. You're already a winner. But God knew you before, the Bible says in Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb. God knew you, right? He ordained you. He set you apart. The Bible says he sanctified you. You were holy to God. You were a holy thing to God. He sanctified you and set you apart. And he brought you into this earth at the right time. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, you were chosen. Before the foundation of the world, before he said, light be, he already had a plan for you. And when you hear things like that and you see things in the word of God and you understand things because you're rooted and grounded in love, that you're able to comprehend what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of this love that has chased me down, has chosen me. I didn't choose God. The enemy makes sure you'll never choose God. He's done everything in his power to try to distract you and confuse you and, and wear you down and, and blind you where you cannot see it. But by faith, by faith, you chose it. When you saw it, you chose it. The Bible says nobody chose him. He chose you. 
You were presented with the gospel because you were so chosen. You were the thing, you're the pearl of great price. That's what I'm going to be talking about this weekend in my conference. You are the pearl. He took everything he had. He knew how to get you. He saw you. The Bible says he saw a pearl of great value, a pearl of great price. There was a, it, was a, it was an expensive pearl. It was so precious and so valuable. That's what he saw. And he took everything he had and he sold it. He took Jesus and he did what he had to do. The father had to turn his back on Jesus. Because if he wouldn't have, Jesus couldn't have died. If the Holy Spirit hadn't left Jesus alone on that cross, Jesus' body would never have died. But he did that. He paid that so that he could get you. That's how valuable you are. This is how loved you are. This is the depth of God's love, that he was willing to sacrifice everything that he held dear for you. This is the link that he would go through for you. This is how far he would go just to have a relationship with you, just to be able to love you. The Bible says the prophets of old saw it and they were writing it. They were prophesying what was going to happen. And, and they saw it and they wanted it. They wanted what you have because they were living in a time when what you have was not possible. A redemption had not been paid. There was no way. There was no salvation. They were, they were in faith, hoping that someday the Messiah was going to come and defeat the enemy and lead them out of hell. Bring them back to God. The Bible says Jesus had to lead captivity captive. He had to go down and get them. Because they died before there was a Savior in place. They wanted what you had so bad. The Bible says that whoever is the very least in the kingdom of God, the very least, the lowest of the low, the one doing nothing for God, the one that doesn't know anything for God, the least in the kingdom of God, born again child of God that we are, is greater than John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus powerful prophet the Elijah of the day a guy you did not mess with he was not to be trifled with he was God's man and he knew it and he was sanctified <clears throat> his daddy was the priest his mother they knew what they had there and he was the man baptized Jesus He was the head when Jesus came on the scene. And the very least of us, you know, that's the beautiful thing. If I don't ever achieve anything significant for the kingdom of God, I still know that I'm still above John the Baptist. I'm still greater than that. Because I'm carrying it around in me. I'm carrying God. I'm, I am heir of this world. It's a powerful, powerful place to be. And the Bible says the angels, the angels in heaven. You know, 
I used to think that all angels were little naked babies with wings floating around on clouds with harps. I really thought that. That's the only picture. That's the only image I had ever seen. And I learned that, you know, it's going to, like, take one angel to destroy a fourth of the entire world. A fourth of the entire world, they're going to die instantly because of one angel. One. When God gets ready to pour out his wrath, he's only using, I think, four angels to utterly destroy everything you've ever seen or know. He's going to take the church out of here and he's going to tear this place down and start all the way over from scratch. And it ain't going to take much. It's a small cleaning crew. We think the world's so big and there's billions of people. And one of them can just knock out two billion people at one little deal. That's amazing to think about it. But the Bible says the angels look at us and say, man, I wish I had what they had. I wish I was God's child. I'd give anything to be God's child. Anything. But it was reserved for us. And the more we grow in faith in Christ, we're going to be able to comprehend more. We're going to understand more. Every time I'm reading my Bible, he shows me something new. He showed me something so fantastic this week. And I'm like, praise God. The enemy don't like it when you control the weather. That's literally in the Bible that he's going to be so angry because there's a couple of people that can control the weather. <laughs> because we're, we're gods, right? I mean, you have power to do things. When there's a terrible, destructive storm coming your way and people are going to be harmed, you have the power to say, in the name of Jesus, peace be still. Every superpower, we were talking about this this weekend. We went on a youth um, swimming thing, and we were all out there in the pool, and we were talking about um, the superhuman abilities that Christians have and how every single um, superhuman strength or feat that a superhero or somebody like that does is in the Bible. You, you look at Hulk and you think, oh, he's so strong. Nobody can stop the Hulk. Nobody can stop the Hulk. Well, nobody could deal with Samson. Amen? When you think of who could run so fast. Was it, was it Elijah? But it was also the other guy, too, that ran fast enough to... Okay, who walked through walls? Jesus himself walked through walls. Jesus walked on the water. Isn't that what the little incredible boy does? He, well, he runs on what? He runs so fast he's on top of the water. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, not incredible boy. I meant the little incredible. Whatever that, yeah, thank you. Right? 
So you have all these superhero things out there in the world where they just think, oh, it's all this. You have the ability to be all of it. You have the potential to go far beyond what they can come up with and make a show out of. Jesus would just translate around. So would Elijah. They would just decide they want to go over there like portals. Just like the superheroes do. Everything that they've wrote about, they got it from the Bible. And of all those great guys that did all that incredible stuff in the Old Testament, the Bible says the least of us is greater than that. We have more potential. We have never even begun to tap in to what our true potential is. We can evangelize this world. We can take power back. We're supposed to. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. That's what the Bible says. That's our job. You are not some insignificant child. Your father is God. And the more you understand him, the more you realize how much love is and how powerful love is and what love really means. And the more you discover all these things, you are going to continue to increase in power and in continue and continue and continue. The Bible says the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're waiting. They're waiting for some Christians to figure out what we're talking about today. They want to help. They want help so bad. They want to know Jesus so bad. They don't have a clue what that means. They do not understand it. But they're sitting somewhere, and when they hear it, their heart's going to say, Hey, yeah, wait a minute. That makes sense. That's for me. That's where I come from. They're going to identify with the message. And they're going to give their life to the Lord. But not if we don't tell them. Not if we just sit here and act defeated like we're just some typical child who has to just, there's no value in you. That's what, that's what the enemy wants you to think, that you're just some typical kid and there's no value in you and there's nothing special about you and you're just regular and you are not regular. And I want to tell you, you are not regular. And a lot of the reasons why you don't fit the mold of the other kids is because you are not regular. I do not fit the mold of a typical housewife, a typical pastor's wife, a typical school teacher. I have so busted out of that mold. I have so crushed that mold. I am so far removed from being that. And I didn't do it. God did it. Being normal is not in the cards. There's no such thing as normal. Fitting in is not in the cards because there's no such thing as fitting in. Everybody's chasing 
a mirage. Have you ever seen those shows where Bugs Bunny and them or somebody like that's out in the desert and they're dying of thirst and they're dragging some cartoon where they're dragging and they look up and they see this oasis with some water and a, a palm tree and all that. Have you ever seen that? It's called a mirage where you're so dehydrated and delusional that you start imagining that you're seeing things. Thinking that you're going to fit in with other teenagers and just it's going to satisfy your soul is a mirage. I know you have needs. I know you have desires to have companionship and to have a relationship and to have all these things. That is normal. But the enemy has misdirected us and is focusing on us on something that cannot produce the results. You're supposed to have all of those things, but you're supposed to aim them at the Lord. God is the only one that can fill a void in your soul. He's the only one. And you're not going to find it in wealth. Just having money is never going to satisfy your soul. It won't do it. You're supposed to have the wealth. You need to pay for some things so the church can do what they're called to do. By God, you should have lots of money, but it shouldn't have you. Because it's not going to be your answer for your personal satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. It's impossible. It is just a piece of paper. We get misplaced because that's what the enemy is a master of. Deceptions and trickery and lies. And he herds us around like we're cattle. The Bible says he leads us like we're sheep. Because we are sheep. And we need a leader. But we don't need him to be leading us because he's lying. We have to let God lead us. Once you do, you're going to be able to comprehend. You're going to start really understanding some things. All of a sudden, you're going to light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. And the more you understand, the more your life starts straightening out. Okay? So that in Christ, we may, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. And we are rooted and grounded in love. And we are able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Of God, right? Okay. All right. Well, um, we hope you enjoyed this morning's podcast and we will talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye.